I invite you to stand as you are comfortable for the reading of the gospel. From Mark chapter 4. When evening had come, Jesus said to the disciples, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took, with him, took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But Jesus was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased and there was a dead calm. Jesus said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this? that even the wind and the sea obey him. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. <clears throat> Paul says, We have spoken frankly to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open to you. There is no restriction in our affections, but only in yours, I speak as to children, open wide your hearts also. Open wide your hearts. Our heart is wide open to you. And that's not an easy charge that Paul makes. Opening our hearts can be difficult and complicated and terrifying. It's just not always that easy. Doesn't the Apostle Paul know Paul is asking the church in Corinth to open their hearts wide to his preaching, to the grace of God, for the sake of the gospel and their ministry. And I think Paul is also just declaring the simple truth of what it means to accept that grace, to experience the love of God, that God's power opens wide our hearts. And it can be difficult and complicated, this mission that Paul declares. And he's no stranger to it. He knows very well the consequences of faith. In one of Paul's many run-on sentences, I am very grateful for Russ's reading because literally there is no period for like six verses in that Corinthians reading, and he read it so well. But Paul says, open wide your hearts, and before that he shares with them the truth of this complicated, paradoxical life of God's calling, of living into this grace, this faith, that they are given. Paul says, as servants of God, we have commended ourselves in every way. As I read those words preparing for today, I kept stumbling over the word commended. Because we say that as, oh, I commend you for your good work. I praise you for what you are doing. But when I started looking into it, the Greek word also can mean hold together. As servants of God, we have held together ourselves in every way. As servants of God, we have held ourselves together in every way. And then Paul dives in to the pain and the sorrow and the joy and the praise that comes with this ministry. 
Because the reality is we hold it all together, and I know for me sometimes it's really hard to hold it all together. Watching the news over these last few weeks, months, the entire lifetime that I have experienced news, it's hard sometimes to hold ourselves together with everything going on as we witness those who are experiencing mental illness or addiction, as we struggle with poverty and homelessness, with all the brokenness and violence and terror that we witness from just a remote click, a phone touch, I wonder sometimes how we hold it together, especially with a wide open heart. Doesn't Paul know? Doesn't he know how hard that is? And the answer, of course, of course he does. Brokenness and violence and terror are not new to our generation. Paul says that as servants of God, we have commended ourselves, we have held it together, held ourselves together in every way, through great endurance, knowing that it can be exhausting to our bodies, our hearts, and our minds, in afflictions and hardships, remembering those who have been lost to illness and violence or empire, in calamities, Paul was literally in a shipwreck, if you didn't know that. I mean, a calamity is that perfect thing, a shipwreck. Paul knows those kinds of traumas. In beatings, imprisonments, and riots, Paul knows the experience of violence, and he knows what it's like to experience unjust laws. Paul's wide open heart holds the grief he and his friends experience in their ministry together, and with wide open hearts, Paul says, we've been holding it together in the labors, the sleepless nights, and the hunger. It's hard work, this ministry, this mission God calls to God's people. It can keep us up at night to have an open heart in a world so filled with brokenness. And sometimes for Paul and his ministry, for so many people in our community, a sleepless night and hunger is because there is nowhere to sleep and nothing to eat. But hearts open wide, Paul was sharing God's love and receiving care from God's people. All of this, all of this pain and sorrow and hardship held together with purity and knowledge, the pure knowledge of God's love and grace, with patience, because Lord knows we all need it. Held with kindness, because it can be easy when facing so much brokenness to close our hearts, to turn off the news, to ignore the pain, but kindness, sharing love and care with others, Paul says, is held together in our ministry with everything else too. Hearts wide open, holiness of spirit and genuine love, the genuine love shared with us through Jesus, shared with us by the Holy Spirit, guiding us and filling our hearts with love towards our neighbor, and that's towards every neighbor held truthfully, this true speech that God gives us this truth of love. We are held together in the truths that God through Paul shares with us that we are called not to accept the grace of God in vain, but to fulfill our call to God's mission in this world. Amen. To Christ's mission of love and grace and relationship. And that in the truth of all the experiences Paul lays out, in the truth of the human experience, of pain and sorrow and joy and praise, we just try to hold ourselves together. We try to hold it together and God helps us because in all of this, with all of this, Paul says, is the power of God. 
The power of God that flips the script, that opens wide our hearts. This power that calls us true, that calls us known, that gives us life. We hold all these things together. We commend ourselves in every way. And see, Paul says, we are alive. We are alive. And that is not something that all of those people we care about or don't know yet can say or have said. In our reading from Mark, Jesus tells his disciples that they are going to go travel across the sea that night. And boating at night was not something really anybody did. And the Sea of Galilee is known for its sudden and terrifying storms. And so, of course, almost immediately, they're out on the sea and a sudden storm arises and the disciples are filled with fear. And many of the disciples are fishermen, right? They were fishermen before they were disciples, and they watch the waves pounding into the boat, and they know, they know what is to come. Their boat will sink, they will not survive the night, they know it, they are dying. Who was this guy that they followed into the sea? And so in the chaos of this storm, they look around and they realize that the person who told them to go crossing, the person who they are following, Jesus, is not there on the deck with them. They run and find him, and he's asleep. Asleep in the stern of the boat on a cushion, resting after a day of preaching about God's kingdom. And so they wake him, Teacher, do you not care? that we are perishing. Teacher, we can't hold this boat together much longer. Teacher, we can't hold ourselves together much longer. Don't you care? Jesus, do you not care? Of course, of course he does. Immediately, Jesus wakes and he rebukes the wind. He says to the sea and maybe to the disciples, be still. Peace, be still. And it happened. See, they are alive. The power of God held together with the humanness of the disciples, with their fear and their inability to hold themselves together on their own. And even when Jesus asks them why they are afraid, when Jesus rebukes them for still not having faith, witnessing this power, the disciples still are afraid. They still have fear because life can be terrifying. New life through the power of Jesus can fill us with great awe, with great fear. The disciples are filled with a great fear and they say to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Who then is this that called us out onto these dangerous waters? Who then is this that calls us to experience the risk of the sea at night? Who then is this that has the power of God, the power over wind and sea, the power over our life and death? What did we get ourselves into? Discipleship, following Jesus' ministry, experiencing God's grace, Opening wide our hearts can be difficult and complicated, and it can be terrifying. And like the disciples in the Corinthians, Paul writes to, we're not always very good at it. We don't always hold ourselves together or hold it together. We struggle to find balance. We struggle to risk ourselves and our comforts. 
Maybe you're not sure how to open wide your heart. Maybe you are experiencing the pain and sorrow, the brokenness and violence in our world and are struggling to find love and joy and praise. Maybe it's a bit too scary. Maybe you're finding yourself, like the disciples, filled with fear, wondering what's going to happen next, afraid of the unexpected experience, the unknown person, the sudden storms in your life. Maybe you find yourself saying, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? These last few weeks and months, I have found myself praying. Jesus, do you not care that there are children crying out for their parents, crying out for you? Jesus, do you not care that there are children afraid to go to school? Jesus, do you not care that there are people hungry and without a place to sleep? Jesus, do you not care that we are hurting, that we are afraid, that we wonder if we're failing at being your disciples? Teacher, do you not care? Of course. Of course he does. Of course Jesus cares. Jesus goes to the cross out of this care. Because God loves this world and every single person in it so much, Jesus goes to the cross to save us all because of course he cares. Jesus dies because of the fears of this world. He experiences the unjust violence and brokenness of our world to bring us into relationship with God to give us new life, to make us alive in him. Jesus rises from the dead, conquers sin and death and fear to open wide our hearts, to break them open so that our hearts can be filled with the love and grace and hope that we are given in Jesus, so that our hearts might be opened wide to share this love and grace with others, so that even through the difficult and complicated and broken pieces of our world, our hearts can be opened to care for those who are in pain, who are experiencing this world's brokenness and violence, so that we can risk crossing the dangerous seas of current events in our community, in our country, in our world, declaring God's love and mercy is for all. Amen. And that includes us too. So that even in our fears, our hearts are opened to God and our neighbor, our hearts can be filled with love and grace and the peace that calms the winds and the seas. Peace. Be still. Amen.